Support for this podcast comes from Troy University, dedicated to teaching a new generation to lead change. Information on leadership opportunities available to students from day one is at troy.edu slash lead change. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. One of Alabama's longest free-flowing rivers is the Choctaw Hatchie, which meanders through Alabama's Wiregrass region. Keeper Mike Mullen is visiting In Focus by Skype today to talk about chemical pollutants called PFAS. Michael Mullen, Riverkeeper for the Choctaw Hatchie River System, welcome back to Troy Public Radio. Welcome. It's been a long time. <laughs> We've known each other for decades, and yet you're right. I'm glad you're joining us by Skype today. Let's talk a little bit about where the Choctaw Hatchie is. The Choctaw Hatchie starts. East Fork up around Baker Hill, uh, the West Fork up around Union Springs. The Pea River side flows through Elba and swings around and rejoins the Choctahatchee at Geneva. We are talking about a lot of river miles. It's one of the longest free-flowing rivers in Alabama. Other than the Cahaba, it is, and now that the dam is gone on the Pea River, there's more of it that doesn't have a dam on it. Mike, I went to your website org, and I saw a picture of you holding a huge sturgeon. Tell me about that picture. Yeah, I was invited by Frank Peruca, who's now retired from Fish and Wildlife, to go down, and I went down and met him and one of our DCNR folks. We netted one fish down by the junction of the Pea and the Chalkahatchee that day, and we're getting ready to put the fish on the scale, and I always remember Frank said, how much do you think it weighs? I guessed 140 pounds, and uh, the fish was 138 pounds. Oh, now that the dam is gone from the Pea River, does this mean that those sturgeon can make their way upstream further? Yeah, I don't know exactly how far. There's some shoals, uh, not a terribly long distance upstream, but they can go a good distance upstream from Elba now. So we're talking about one of the largest free-flowing rivers in Alabama. And how long is it again, free-flowing? It's free-flowing. I want to say it's 180-something miles. So what is the current status of the river? The significant problems we have on the river are excess sediment, and in some limited places we have excess nutrients. Unfortunately, we have this, this issue coming up of the synthetic chlorinated uh, PFOS chemicals. What is that kind of chemical? What are you talking about? They are synthetic polyfluorinated substances, they have multiple fluorine atoms attached to a carbon chain, but the important thing is they're molecules that are not broken down in nature. They're basically called forever chemicals because they break down very, very slowly, if at all, in nature. Do they have an effect on human health? Yes. We know pretty strongly that they can increase cholesterol, cause thyroid disease, liver damage, kidney cancer, testicular cancer, reduced immune response to vaccines, lower birth weights, delayed mammary gland development, and those are only those with high certainty. Give us products that we might find these chemicals in. They're in a, a lot of products, anything that we want to coat to either keep water out or to keep grease out. 
I did not know until very recently they're in things like lip gloss, some other cosmetics, carpet, clothing that's treated to be stain resistant, fast food wrappers, paints, uh, firefighting foams is one where a lot of people probably know they are. And then, of course, the other big one is nonstick cookware. I was looking at a website called earthjustice.org at our state, Alabama, and our neighboring states that are in the Troy Public Radio listening area, Georgia and Florida. Give us an idea of how serious this problem is in these three states. We've got some hot spots, you know, hot spot in, in Georgia around the carpet manufacturing area, a hot spot up on the Tennessee River where PFAS compounds were manufactured, but it's basically everywhere. Major sources are drainage from landfills, uh, wastewater treatment plants because it leaches off all these other products and, and gets in the wastewater around commercial and military airfields where they have used the foam firefighting materials in the past. Those are the major areas where you find them. And uh, until now, you know, there's been some places where there's been some surface water testing, but the project that the Waterkeeper Alliance did is the first major testing effort that looked at PFAS in surface water all around the country. You know, ADEM is looking at well water, mostly drinking water. I think some, maybe all of the larger wastewater treatment systems are required to test what's in their wastewater now, but this is probably the largest uh, surface water testing effort. I read that according to the Centers for Disease Control, 95% of the U.S. population has this stuff in their bodies. That's not at all surprising. I mean, anybody that's eaten a few fast food hamburgers in their life probably has some of it. What's it doing to, say, the Choctawhatchee River and the sturgeon we were talking about? We really don't know. The EPA has no approved tested method for uh, fish tissue yet. There are some firms out there that, that have it, but nobody's approved or certified a method yet. So that will be something down the road. You know, we don't have as big a problem here because we don't use surface water for drinking, but this stuff is getting into the environment and ultimately will be in the aquatic food chain. Can people safely get in that water? There's no real indication that the very low levels, you know, these are all at part per trillion, very low part per trillion levels. It's very unlikely unless we go live in the water that exposure to the skin is going to cause any real significant concern. You know, Mike, Alabama is a river state. The rivers are on the great seal of Alabama. What's your advice to your listeners right now? I think basically stay informed. Also, there are some states that are setting up their own standards, their own limits. They're not waiting for EPA to do that. So I think they could encourage our state agency not to drag their feet. We've already got some issues with our, our state environmental agency not updating standards when EPA puts out new information that suggests some standards should be lowered. So hopefully they won't drag their feet and they'll, they'll get some standards in place for exposure to PFAS. In conclusion, Mike, remind your listeners what a riverkeeper does. Basically, we use all the tools in the toolbox to try to protect water quality in our aquatic environments, not for the little fish so much, but for the people that use these watersheds, the people that fish these watersheds, the people that drink the water, the people that swim. You know, one of the things we do is we monitor for E. coli and, and uh, 20-something sites across the watershed. 
So stay informed, stay involved. If you want to help out, go to uh, TalkToHatchyRiver.org. We are a membership organization, and and, uh, we appreciate any help we can get. Mike, is there anything else going on as far as projects for the Choctaw Hatchie Riverkeeper? The other thing we've got going on down here is we've got a little project now trying to find out what the pathogen, what the E. coli sources are in a in a watershed down near near Ozark, so that you know at least if we find out what they are, maybe we can we can get some people working on them to get them out of the water. It's uh, we've got an amazing number of watersheds that have bacterial contamination. Some of it's natural. Some of these watersheds may just have so many deer, and some of it's cattle. We picked this one because the little creek runs through a park and. It doesn't look like a place you'd see very many people in the water, but I see parents and little bitty kids in the water. So uh, we got a little help from partners down here. And in defense of a couple of the fast food industry folks, I noticed that there are two that are no longer using those PFAS chemicals in their food wrap. They're smart. Thank you for joining us by Skype, Mike. Thank you, Carolyn. That was Michael Mullen, Choctahatchee Riverkeeper. More information can be found at the website choctawhatchieriver.org. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.